Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody, NBA fans, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by Joel. What's up, Joel? What's up, everybody? And we'll be joined by Juwan in a little bit, I believe. Um, so we got a lot to talk about, man. We haven't uh, we haven't had an episode in like two weeks, and like a bunch of crazy shit has happened, man. <laughs> I know. It's insane. Yeah, this has probably been the most uh, just frantic off season that I can ever remember. Like, like even I mean, <laughs> last season was crazy because KD left. But I mean, you would think last season would have been like the one crazy year, and then this year would have kind of not been so um, just as as crazy. But it's it's just like the smart teams have have figured out how to just try to close the gap and keep things interesting. Yeah, that's the fun part now is the scramble. I knew that was – I had an idea everybody would react, you know. So everyone has to mm-hmm. make moves. Not that anybody – not that anybody's made a move recently that can compete with the Warriors, but at least they're trying. You know, that's, that's right. what's important, that they're trying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it's it's interesting, too, to see the dynamic of, um, you know, the, the teams that are trying versus the teams that have just given up. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like there are a handful of teams that are trying to kind of retool and put things together to, to you know, make a legitimate uh, uh, contender. And then there's probably about the other half of the team, or I'd say about – there's about a third of those teams. Then there's about a third who are just trying to stay relevant, um, like trying right. to stay uh, decent so they can sell tickets, like your Sacramento Kings or like your Indiana Pacers. And then you got the other third of the teams that are just like, nah, dude, screw it. We're like Hawks. They're like, nah, we're done. We're we're gonna we're gonna go into full tank mode and rebuild. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, let's get started. Uh, I mean, the first kind of big news that dropped since our last show, uh, and you know, 
obviously you're a Knicks fan, uh, Phil out in New York city. Um, yep. like, did, did you, did you, did you do anything to celebrate that announcement? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't do anything in particular. I was, <laughs> I was sort of like relieved at the same time. Cause I wasn't even, I wasn't asking for his head or anything. But I'm like, if it happened, it happened. I wasn't gonna be mad. But it kind of, it still kind of felt like it came out of nowhere because I didn't think anything was gonna happen. I thought we were gonna have to write it out for the next two years. If mm-hmm. anything, Melo would be first, and it looks like uh, something happened that peed off uh, Dolan, and he said, he said, fuck it, we're gonna, we're gonna let, we gotta, we gotta let him go. So they did. They bought him out. Uh, Phil got is out now. He's in Montana, chilling. And. Um, <laughs> yep. We got Steve Mills running the show. Let's yeah, see. and uh, I mean, it's just interesting that they the the timing, like you said, like that they, you know, Dolan initially um, didn't choose to uh, not pick up the option, Phil's option of the next two years, and then you know they negotiate a buyout later on. And yeah, I mean, obviously it it had to have been something that happened. Um, I think the wide speculation is he wanted to. Um, buy out mellow and then with the Przingis trade talk like it just kind of went a little too far I think I think Dolan was always like Dolan and mellow have always seemed like they were pretty tight like they're not never been in odds with one another and it kind of seems right. like Dolan was like well if you feel like you need to trade mellow like fine but you know there's a difference between trading mellow and getting something in return versus just buying him out and then not getting jack shit in return and being left with a huge chunk of salary that you have to pay the man. True. It's absolutely true. I mean, either way, they're biting money. Money is raw, obviously not the issue in the end. Well, it looks like if they end up trading mellow, it might save them some money. It's much easier. I mean, you save money if you trade mellow more so than if you you buy them out, you know, that, that's right for them. It sucks for me. It really doesn't make a difference except for the fact that we get no assets and that, that, that part sucks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you mentioned Steve Mills, you know, uh, we'll jump ahead a little bit and then go back to, uh, some, some more of the big trade stuff. Um, so he picks up, uh, Tim Hardaway, 71 million, uh, four years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a very interesting topic of conversation for both of us, you being a Knicks fan and me being a Hawks fan. I am happy as a Hawks fan that we did not match. Apparently the Knicks outbid the Hawks by roughly $20 million. Uh, That's not to say there weren't other offers out there that, um, you know, closed that gap. Um, But I mean, if we, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted us to pay 5 million more a season than we wanted to pay um, for for a particular guy, um, but uh, just in general, what do you think of the uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. signing? Uh, I'm gonna go in a different direction than most Nick fans. I don't, I'm not gonna say I love the move, but I don't hate it mm-hmm. at all. Like when I heard about yeah. it, I wasn't like super upset or anything. I'm like in the beginning, I honestly thought I'm like, oh well, that was them doing a favor or some shit, trying to get him a big contract, and they'd go from there. Hold on. Anyway, I, I was I, like I said, I think Hardaway is a good move for them. I like Hardaway. I didn't want to lose Hardaway, but um, they traded him anyway, and then we got Jerry in, and then we kept him for like a year, and then used him in a trade to get Rose. And we're gonna let Rose walk, and we signed him for seventy-one million dollars. Now that sounds ridiculous, and it is, but 
I still like Hardaway. It's not my money, and I do eventually think we're getting rid of contracts in, in um, Melo and Courtney Lee. So in that regard, I'm not as upset about it. I'm more upset about the Noah deal than I am the Hardaway Jr. deal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that th- those deals don't even come close to comparing um, as far as just output, output versus monetary gain. Um, right. but yeah, I, I can see that. Um, like, I don't think it's a particularly good signing for them, uh, being, uh, in the position they're in, but it does show that they're trying to put the pieces together on their roster, um, to try to compete. I put it this way. I like it better than bringing Rose back at the same contract, you know? Exactly. Like, oh. So, I mean, and you know, I, I might've tried to go after, um, uh, Caldwell Pope, I think he's a little bit better than Hardaway. Uh, just a more, yeah. um, like, just he, he's probably a little better defender. Um, they're mm-hmm. probably equal about as far as scoring the basketball and shooting. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do at point guard because now they still need somebody to start for them at point guard. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they close things. They need out. a vet. They need a vet yes. point guard. You're right. Mhm. Um, so, uh, the next big, uh, domino to fall was the, uh, CP three opts into his deal to get traded to Houston. Um, mm-hmm. like that, like that one was crazy. I mean, it came together really fast. Like all the talk, all like leading up to the free agency period was San Antonio and then Houston pops up like what, like two or three days before it happens. And then it's just like, bang, bang, bang. And it happens. Um, yep. what, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. What are your thoughts on the trade, you know, for Houston, for the Clippers and for Chris Paul? I didn't like the idea of it at first because I'm like, I heard Chris Paul going to Houston. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a great fit. I'd rather just stay in LA, but then it just happened and I had no choice over the matter. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> Okay, it ha- that's gonna happen. That's uh, whatever. Sure. Um, at least they, the Clippers got something back. You know, they got Beverly. They got um. Sam Decker. Montrezl. Yeah, Lou Williams. Got, they got some good players. Right. Back. Oh, yeah. And they got a draft pick. You're right, and they got some decent players back. Um, so they didn't get nothing, which they could have because he could have just walked if he wanted to. But yeah. that was nice of him for for that to work out. But. Houston, you know, that that was their statement. They're like, we got Chris Paul and we have James Harden. Even mm-hmm. though at first, if you look at it, it's like they're kind of not, – they're not similar players because James Harden's the scorer. Paul is the passer, you know. but Yeah, but they're similar you know, in how they, they seem to operate Paul with dominance. having Paul dominance, yeah. Right, and that's the thing. They took James Harden and they moved him on the ball permanently because he was the guy I think he led the league in assists, right? Yeah, he did. That's what I'm saying. Now you're going to move him off the ball. Chris Paul's going to dominate the ball. He's he's going to be the man, right, in terms of that part. And they're going to leave James Harden off the ball again. I'm like, it kind of it's like reverse of what they did last year, sort of. I mean, they'll probably share time. I'm just saying, and it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, not that they don't complement each other. I guess they kind of do, but at the same time, they don't. You know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I kind of feel the same way as you do. I think for the Clippers, it's a pretty good deal because you get some pieces in return instead of losing CP3 for nothing. Um, right. And now you really get to say, okay, like we're going to team around Blake. 
um, which, you know, if he can stay healthy, might might work. That Now that is a big yeah. if. But as far, and as far as yeah. for, for Chris Paul, I really like it because what Chris Paul was able to engineer by opting in and, and you know, negotiating a trade per the agreement that he opts in, he was able to uh, transfer his One. bird rights to Houston, and now he's yep. eligible if he wants to. He can sign an extension with Houston, um, and then he gets even more money because there's you're talking about no state tax versus 13% state tax. Um, so he he basically gets gets to have his cake and eat it too with this whole with the way this whole thing shook out. Um, All right. And then furthermore, uh, you know, he can also uh, wait and see how things go if he wants to go that route and doesn't want to get the immediate extension, you know, he can wait, see how things go. And if it all works out, then resign. Or if it doesn't, you know, Melo can opt out next year. D Wade's a free agent. LeBron's a free yeah. agent. I mean, they can Banana do the thing that they've always talked. Yeah, they can do it if they want to. Um, and they can find a team that can, you know, uh, basically miss, uh, uh, has the ability to give them uh, at least, close to what they uh what they're worth you know i mean it's going to take a team with a lot of cap space basically um but yeah i mean it's interesting it'll be interesting but yeah i'm with you as far as houston i I, i'm not sold on it i'm not saying that it's not going to work but the thing is the thing that does work about it is that uh chris paul is probably the best defensive point guard in the nba so you're not going to miss a beat as far as bringing him in uh, right. in exchange for um, for Beverly. So, you know, his defense is right. – defensive mind to play is going to, to transition seamlessly. What, what will be interesting is how they work out sharing the ball. Because I feel like, honestly, the, the way that I feel like it should work is that um, basically when CP2 rests, James Harden runs – runs the point and, and gets the ball in his hand. And then when they're both on the floor together, um, and obviously vice versa for CP3 when he's on the floor and, and, and pardons resting. But then when they're both on the floor together, they're just going to have to work out a way to share the ball. And I would probably say that I don't really care who has the ball until it's the fourth quarter. And at which point I would give it to Chris Paul, because I think Chris Paul is more clutch fourth quarter player um, than Harden by by at least a little bit. Um, statistically, he's a better three point shooter. Um, he's probably one of the best mid range shooters in the NBA. He's obviously uh, a better ball handler. Like um, you can throw out the assist numbers for Harden, uh, but you also got to take into account that he led the league in turnovers. In fact, he had the most turnovers by any one player ever last year. And Chris Paul does not turn the ball over. So right. I, I think it'll sense. be interesting to see how it all works. But, yeah, I mean, if they can figure it out, it will be amazing. But it'll be it, – it'll definitely take a lot of work between Paul and Harden to, like, get it to all tie together. Right. And it's about building that team, too. Because they, they added uh, P.J. Tucker. I like that move. That was a good get for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they still have Reza. They still – I have Brian Anderson. They re-signed Nene. They still have Capella. Um, I'm not sure what else other moves they made, but 
I mean, they made a yeah, little I mean, that's pretty much it to this point. And they're and I think the reports are they're still trying to to see if they can get mellow, but nobody wants to take Ryan yeah. Anderson's contract because Ryan yeah. Anderson, like he, the thing is, he's a really good player for Houston. Like, there's not right. many other teams that it, for for any other particular team that it's worth paying him that that amount of money for the production that you get from him. So that's the problem. It's not so much him; it's the money he's making. Right. Yeah, and the fact player. that no, yeah, and the yeah, and the fact that he he only fits a very particular style of play um, at right. that amount of money, anyway. Um, yeah, right. in fact, like the only team that I could see really um, like wanting him, which would be really weird to see, um, is Oklahoma City because Ooh, Patrick Patterson was a really good signing, but yeah, he's not he's not. I mean, he's a bench guy. He's not really. I don't. I don't think I would. I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable with him as a starter. And like, they could definitely use the shooting because they they still need shooters at both the the two and the four, in my opinion, to right. surround. Right. Um. You know, their, their two sure. stars. Plus, and yep. yeah. And uh, and so like, I think a, a, the best scenario that I can see as far as like a three way trade is. Uh, to get mellow is to send maybe Courtney Lee uh, and um, Ryan Anderson to uh, OKC and then move everything around where, uh, you know, the Rockets get mellow and then, you know, the Knicks get uh, future assets, (laughs) uh, expiring contracts, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. I actually like that move. That's a good one, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, you know I'm always I'm always plotting, um, but yeah. So that kind of transitions <laughs> us right into the the kind of third big uh, trade that that kicked off the free agency period. Fucking PG thirteen to OKC. Like, I think as oh, much God. as the CP three to Houston trade was like came out of nowhere. This was probably the biggest trade to come out of nowhere, right? I literally out of nowhere, out of nowhere, because we yeah. had inklings of him going to Houston. We had no heads up that he was going to fucking OKC out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it it was literally crazy. And then, like, to top it off, like, you know, you could, I could kind of see it working. Um, Like, obviously, like, the the OKC didn't really have draft picks to to bargain with. But what I figured, like, when I initially heard the trade, I kind of figured, I I saw the, 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 you know, the two players. I figured maybe they threw in, you know, uh, the Chicago 2018 second round here because that's going to be pretty valuable. It's probably going to be like 35th, somewhere in that neighborhood as far as the the number overall pick that it is. And maybe even they threw in the rights to, like, Terrence Ferguson. Um, Like, that that was kind of where my head, like, breaking down, you know, when I initially heard, you know, the the specs of who was being uh, talked about as far as, uh, you know, the initial reports coming out, you know, because oftentimes when they announce like an initial report for a trade, there's other things that they don't throw in there. That's like what happened with the, with the CP3 trade to Houston. So, uh, you know, I figured, you know, there'd be some other parts, but to find out that it was just Polo <laughs> Depot and Sabonis. Uh, no, oh my God, like, dude. That's, that's oh. like the steal of the century, man. <laughs> and considering all the rumors of all the moves and, all the deals they had at the draft, and they mm-hmm. end up walking away with Oladipo, and 
I mean, oh, that's terrible for them. I mean, like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, the the only thing that I can really come up with, and I've heard a few other people say it as well, is they didn't want to move him to a team in the East. You know, like that. they just they didn't want to move him to a team in the East, which you know, because obviously they could have gotten Kevin Love for him. Obviously, you know, if they had just waited for Boston to sign Hayward, I think Boston would have given them a better offer. Um, I think they didn't want to move him to a team in the East, and the Lakers weren't offering enough. To, to make them happy. I think uh, I think what they got is about equal with them getting uh what was it? They were had their choice of Randall or Clarkson plus the number 27 and number 28 pick. I think that's what the the Lakers were offering if I recall correctly. Um yeah. And this is this is about probably about equal close to um like it, when you, I mean, when you look at what they need and everything else, and I think part of it has just got to be they were like, Paul George, like we're gonna not not only are we not gonna trade you to uh, where you want to go, we're not gonna trade you to a contender, and we're gonna trade you to an even smaller market. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. That's basically what they said to him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But. I mean, for OKC, to me, it's like, obviously, I just, I, I think Indiana made a mistake. I mean, I really think that had they just waited a little bit, I don't see how this OKC deal doesn't, like, isn't still on the table, like, a month later. You know what I mean? Like, because of, it's 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 not it's not an overly complicated deal. Um, it's it's not time, um it's like it's not relying on time to to be able to make the deal. I don't know why you wait till after the the Hayward signing and and try to work something out with Boston. Just try to drive up the price a little bit more. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously Oladipo is an Indiana guy, so maybe that offers some. Maybe they think they can sell yeah. some tickets off that. You know, like sure. I, I mean, I can see that happening. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I like <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to rationalize it at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sabonis, though. Like, he has some upside. So, I mean, there's something there. But you need a little bit more than that. Yeah. Well, and now you have what? You have Sabonis, um, who still needs to develop. You have TJ Leaf, who you just drafted, who needs to develop, who plays the same position. Um, and then you have Thaddeus Young, who, uh-huh. I mean, I guess you could try to play him at the three. But that seems precarious. And they haven't played three in like four years. <laughs> yeah, but they don't really have anybody else. I mean, the only other person they have who's probably like played NBA minutes is what Glenn Robinson the third. Um, yeah, and yeah. Lance Thomas. I mean, Lance Stevenson. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Stevenson can play a little bit of three. He usually actually plays bit. best though at the at the point when they have him distributing, when they have him bringing up the ball. Is where I kind of yeah. like him the best. I agree. Um, but then now I play the two now with um, well he was the two before, but now Monte Ellis is gone. They bought him out and they brought in Darren Collison. I'm like not really sure what they're doing, but they're doing something. Yeah, they traded uh, right. CJ Miles for Corey <laughs> Joseph, who's another point guard. So it, yeah, I mean maybe they're just trying to stack up some reasonable assets that they can try to piece together in, in some kind of trade later down the road to 
you know, help help give them more of what they need. Um, because, I mean, the uh, uh, both what they signed Darren Collison for is a, is a very good deal for that team. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what the terms of the contract were, but the, I remember they were pretty team-friendly. And I know Corey Joseph's on a pretty team-friendly deal. I think he's got two years, $20 million left or some, somewhere in that range, maybe even less. It might be like $14 million, in fact. Um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, both of those are team-friendly. Um, you know, if you got a few young assets, you want to try to build around Oladipo, I guess give it a shot. But just seems – Seems like they pulled the trigger a little too soon. But as far as OKC, like this is this is simply just to me like just such a brilliant move because um, Oladipo wasn't you weren't getting the amount of productivity out of him that you were hoping you were going to get. You uh, had signed him to an extension, which is crazy because you know last year uh, or earlier this year rather, you know when it was kind of clear that he and Russ just weren't kind of working. He's not really a great shooter, Oladipo. Um, it, it, you know, he just didn't do enough he, when he had to, when, when they had to put the ball in his hands for, for Russ to rest. It didn't seem to really work out. Um, so I was like, man, they're going to really regret that extension. But because they signed that extension, it made this trade all the more easy. Because if they hadn't, they would have had to, gotten him to agree to a sign-in trade to go to Indiana, which means it would have rested on him to agree to that trade. And I don't, I don't think he would have agreed to that trade. So, um, yeah. so again, again, man, like I don't, the, the management at OKC, I mean, that they traded Harden. Um, but at the time, you know, they didn't, the, the revenue wasn't what it is now. And they were worried about yeah. luxury tax and all that, you know, and, you know, people forget that, you know, Kevin Martin was a really damn good player when they acquired him, and he actually played really well the first year. He just fell off a mountain after that. Um, yeah, he's but, upon a time. Yeah, but, I mean, they just – Sam Presti just kind of continues to for, – like, for the majority of what he does, like, for the, most of their draft picks and most of their trades have been genius. And, like, this is another one. Like, maybe it doesn't work out between Russ and, and PG. Um, I, I think it's almost like a match made in heaven, personally. Um, because, it, you know, at least at least here you don't have the argument of who's the better player that they kind of always had between Russ and KD. Like, Russ is obviously the better player. But you're getting him somebody who's a two-way player uh, and, yep. you know, on on that kind of talent threshold of a KD, he's not as good as right. KD, but he ain't far from it. Um, right. I just think, think they're going to work out. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think it's just I think it's going to work out great for this season and maybe for longer. I mean, you never know. Yeah. He might decide, dude, we finished with the like two seed, and you know we took Golden State to six games. Um, you know, or it, it just, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. And if it doesn't no. work out and he leaves, you've at least cleared the cap space of Victor Oladipo's contract. Yeah. They have room for other signings. And I think they still need to make another move or two to be a mm-hmm. little, little better than they were last year. I mean, they're going to be better. I think automatically with Paul George, but they want to make a real, real 
threat. They want to be a threat next year. They really need at least one more piece. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking actually, um, as far as you know, from my Hawks perspective, um, uh, like I would probably give up Marco Bellinelli for Chicago's second rounder next year. I, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how exactly. Yeah, I mean Bellinelli's good, and he's on an expiring contract that's only worth about like six point three million dollars. So I'm right. sure they could work out the salary, being that it's such a such a cheap contract. And that would be right. a good shooter to put at the two in between, you know, Russ and and, and uh, Paul George. But right. you're right; they need they need somebody at that two because right now they got their rookie Terrence Ferguson and they got Abrinas who they brought up last year, but he he didn't really play a whole lot of minutes. I, the verdict I think is really still out on him as far as whether he's going to be a legitimate NBA player or not. Or you can right, play Robertson, right. but that, that that motherfucker can't shoot to save his life. <laughs> but he's a good perimeter defender. They're gonna need him for his goal state. Yeah, and I think well, what I think will be interesting is because Robertson's not only like a really good defender, but he's also really big and strong. Like he's probably maybe he might only be like six seven, uh, but like he's built, like he's stacked. Like I think you could you could get away with playing like him and George interchangeably at the three and four in certain lineups, depending on what the, you know, what you're going up against. But I really yeah, think they awesome. need like another, sh- an- yeah, but I really think they need another shooter at the two, like, or yeah, a Brina has to take that, a huge uh, leap forward. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm cool with that, that trade of getting Ryan Anderson and Courtney Lee. That, that, that ties up some spots for them. That adds in some firepower for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that would be a really cool trade. Uh, it, it, the only thing is, I don't know, like, I don't know if they would want to take on the the length of the contracts because then that takes away the flexibility that they've gained um, with the deal. But you know, if you if you if you want to keep Russ, you want to keep PG thirteen, you know, hey, at least. Courtney Lee and Ryan Anderson give you two shooters to complement two superstars, and then you got a defensive, like, uh, workhorse, you know, in the paint for you and Steven Adams. And, you know, that, that's, that ain't a bad lineup. I'm just saying. No, not at all. Um, not at all. Indeed. Uh, so the, the other uh, kind of big pre- uh, free agency trade was Rubio to Utah. I thought this trade was really interesting for a number of reasons. Um, obviously, Utah wanted to try to um, wanted to try to be able to pay Joe Ingles, keep Hayward, and they couldn't do that if they paid George Hill, George Hill as well because that was just going to be too much money. So you know they they have to give up OKC's uh, 2018 pick, but you know you're probably looking at especially now. What's that going to be like 23, 24, 25, somewhere in there? It's not going to be super great. Um, and they get Rubio, who's a good pass first point guard. Um, and then, you know, for for Minnesota, you know, they free up that space and are able to go out and get Jeff Teague and some other pieces. I think this was a really good trade for, for both teams, honestly. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's a great move for them. Um I don't hate it. That's for damn sure. But um, wait, what's the what, what's the one we're talking about again? <laughs> Rubio, Rubio going to Utah. Oh, I knew that. All right, so yeah, Utah. 
Yeah, I, I feel bad for them losing George Hill, and George Hill ended up picking the Sacramento Kings, which is, which, I don't know, I don't know what, what, I don't know what happened there. But um, they got they Rubio in the most money. <laughs> yeah, it's a money. I did not expect it. I did not expect that. Caught me off guard completely. I'm like, really? What, what? I get it. I guess. I guess so. That's that's what happened. Yeah, you were you were um, a big proponent of the uh, Knicks getting Hill, weren't you? I did. I thought he'd make a, you know, I guess he did the same thing, but in Sacramento. And that's basically yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I Absolutely. think that he's a good role model for a point guard. I think he would have been a good role model for a Fox, which he's going to be. I would have liked him with um, not Nilakina, but he ended up going to Sacramento. They they paid him more money. They ended up after that going after Zebo, And then, of course, picking up Vince Carter. So they're doing something, something over there. So at least they're making moves. They have nice youth and some decent veterans. And Utah, Ricky Rubio is a nice complement to what they got going on in Utah. They can uh, weave, uh, wean, what's his name, uh, Exum in there. Because he's been playing good in the summer league. So I really like yeah, I think Exum has that man. Yeah, and he's versatile, man. He's super athletic. He's like six foot five. You can play him at the one or the two. Um, yeah. And – you know, I just don't think like a lot of people have, have already kind of deemed him a bust, and I can't blame him. Right. Can't I can't blame people for that. I mean, he has not done anything of value on an NBA floor yet. Um, yeah. But, man, he's just got all the intangibles, and Utah has one of the best coaching staffs. Like, I I feel like with Hayward kind of with the Hayward departure, that having him come in there is going to be really huge as far as you know, for, um, you know, for him, if he, it, it'll give him at least the opportunity to take that next step. And um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and Rodney Hood as well. Like Rodney Hood actually has shown a, a lot of potential on the NBA floor. And I think yep. he could step up and, and kind of make that next step. Um, and I think you'll get more of Joe Johnson. You'll get more of, you know, the Joe Johnson that we saw yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Throughout the, throughout the season. Um I, I mean, call me crazy, but I think Utah is still a playoff team. I don't think losing Gordon Hayward means they're not a playoff team anymore. They were doing good when he was out. He was out for, like, the first quarter of the season last year, and they were doing pretty good mm-hmm. without him. So they yep. could do it. You know, they have the the ability. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I don't um, I don't trust uh, – you know, there's – because there's probably, what, five teams that, that in the West that would be probably a lock. Um, and then, you know yeah. – Six, seven, and eight are kind of all up for grabs in between, like Utah, the Clippers, the Pelicans, um, Denver, and um, Tim, uh, uh, not Timberwolves are a lock of uh, the uh, Trailblazers. So you got like ten, uh, ten teams that you know, uh, or five teams rather, that are vying for those three spots. And you know, I don't know if I trust the Clippers to stay healthy, and I'm not necessarily sold on. Um, what they're doing in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, I get like, you. so I, I, I think they got to, I, I think, they, Denver. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I said, or Denver. I'm not really sure what they're doing in Denver. Yeah, Denver is interesting, man. Like, Denver, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. So, um, <laughs> so let's, let's just go, let's run down, uh, I just want to kind of, we'll, I'll bring up kind of the big names that have stayed put and then we'll go over some of the big names that have moved on and we'll just 
just kind of have like an open, open-ended conversation about it. So Griffin, uh, Blake, he stays put with the Clippers, uh, signs a five-year max deal, big, big for him. Uh, Holiday, uh, Drew Holiday, he uh, signs a huge contract to stay with the Pelicans. Uh, Kyle Lowry, another guy stays uh, with Toronto along with Ibaka. Um, Lowry signed a huge contract. It was what, like hundred million over three years, I think. That's a fatty contract for him. Um, Iguodala and Livingston both stay put, along with Steph and KD. But we knew Steph and KD were going to stay. And uh, Patty yeah. Mills. Patty Mills, really underrated point guard. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that San Antonio was able to keep him. I think, I think the Spurs. It, it happens often with the Spurs, and it sometimes happens with the Hawks too, which I think is kind of an interesting parallel, that they find players who fit their system really well, and then when they when they come up for free agency, they take a big deal with another team, and, and they don't ever, like, they're, they're not as good on that other team. You know, they don't ever meet the expectation that the other team has because they just fit the system so well. And I, I look at Patty Mills like that. I think he just fits San Antonio's system so well. And I think he, I mean, to me, he's like right there in line to be the the successor for, for Tony Parker. Who, uh, Mills, you said? Patty, yeah, Patty Mills. I like Patty Mills. He's a, he's a spark plug, man, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he led like Team Australia in scoring during the Olympics the other, like last year or the, the year before. Mm-hmm. So, and that, he's a little guy who can put it up. And I really, I think he's, like you said, I think he's underrated. Uh, San Antonio, they've been relatively quiet. They haven't made, made any real big moves. Uh, they just signed Joffrey Laverne from Chicago. He was, he was They made yeah, him a free agent recently. Yeah, he just signed there with San Antonio. Um, settled anything with John, with Simmons yet? Uh, I think he's still No, they haven't. That And I find that a little concerning, like, um, now he is a restricted free agent, so they can match anything that's thrown at him. Um, so that's that's promising. Um, but see, he's kind of like another one of those guys to me, like Patty Mills. Like I don't know if he is nearly as productive for another team as he is for the Spurs. Uh, true, I don't disagree with that. Even though, uh, I mean, he has talked to other teams. I think he could be a valuable piece. Like if the Knicks went out and tried to get him, I don't know for about. I don't know about seventeen fucking million, but you know, if they go out and get him for a decent <laughs> price, I'd take him for sure. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's just he's there. You know, I like I I don't say again, San Antonio. They signed Rudy Gay. I don't. I'm not sure if that's going to be a starter. I don't know if that's that that's going to work. I mean, off the bench, probably as a high powered bench player. I guess that makes sense yeah. too. I mean, he, well, I mean, and you got to figure too. He he's going to be out for the first half of the season with his injury. So I think they they signed him simply to be like a sixth man um, for when he gets back from his injury, and I think that's a perfect role for him. I think that had somebody tried to sign him to be like a starter, um, A, he wouldn't have been able to start at the beginning of the season, and B, you'd be having to change your whole chemistry midway through the season when he can come back, whereas if he's just coming off the bench – you just work him into his bench roll 20, 25 minutes a game so you can keep his minutes down because you don't want to run him too many minutes, and you know Pop is going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a really good move. I loved it. I love um, I love the Rudy Gay move. I think it's 
I, I, honestly kind of highly underrated. It's really kind of flown under the radar as far as as far as them. Um, obviously, the Warriors keeping Iguodala and Livingston is huge. I'm glad Iggy got his yeah. contract, man. I'm glad he got paid. I was worried. I was worried that man that they weren't going to pay him and he was going to have to walk. Um, I was kind of, in fact, I was honestly kind of hoping that he would walk, <laughs> just me so too. they wouldn't be. What's that? I said me too. I was like, please just go anywhere. Take some. Yeah, anywhere else. Away. Yeah, go to Philly, man. Like, yeah, the thing is, like, with the with the money, like Philly that wasn't wanting to give the years, but like, what he made, he made forty eight million over three years, I believe, um, was yeah. was the the terms of his contract. I I yeah. guarantee you, Philly would have paid him at least half of that for one year. <laughs> you know. They probably were. I mean, like, you could have got paid. I mean, they paid, they paid J.J. Reddick $23 million for one year. So, uh, they did. What, for, they yeah, did. that's only $24 million. Yeah, they'd have paid, they'd have paid Iggy 24 for one year, I bet. Yeah, they did got paid. It was only for one year, though. That's, so it's not like it's going to kill them or anything. Yeah, well, that's why it was a smart move, uh, both both uh, Reddick and Amir Johnson. Um what, what do you think about what Toronto's doing? I mean, they bring back Lowry. They bring back Ibaka. Um, which I think they kind of had to. I mean, I don't. Like, I think they way overpaid Lowry. Um, I, like, it, but they had to keep. Him. They had to keep him. That was the thing. Like, they had to keep him. And, they, and not only did they have to keep him, but they had to keep him happy. Like, you couldn't. Yeah. Like, you never want to be in a position where you, you're like trying to lowball. You don't want to be in the position of of Dwayne Wade. Like, of Miami with Dwayne Wade. You know, like, because that was the thing with them. Like, he was already pissed off about taking less money the year before that he left. Like, he took the less money, um, and then when it came time for him to get paid, they kind of balked at it again, and then he left and went to Chicago. So, like, you don't just want to keep a guy. You want to keep a guy happy. So, I understand that. I I mean, but I still think – 99 like 33 million a year and you're seeing the the kind of pitfalls of that because now um what was it was it last night or the night before so they trade damari carroll to brooklyn along with what their next year's first round pick and then Mm -hmm. i've i've seen a lot of the uh reports that that say they say their 2018 second rounder as well uh, they don't own their 2018 second rounder. Phoenix does in that PJ Tucker trade from last year, uh, but they do own, or they did. I, I'm thinking the 2018 second round pick from either Orlando or the Lakers, uh, the right. less favorable of those two. So I think that is what went to that package went to the Nets. Um, and then they trade uh, today or yesterday. They traded, you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Corey Joseph um, to Indiana for C.J. Miles. Uh, so just taking all of that in, I mean, what do you think about what Toronto is doing right now? Is it is that are they are they making good moves or are they making desperate moves? They're not desperate, but they're definitely not. I don't know. They're kind of running in place, in my opinion, because they really didn't. They they pretty much stayed the same. They brought in Mabaka. They brought back all those are important pieces, important players mm-hmm. to their team. They kept that, I guess, core, if you want to call them a core. They let Patrick sure. Patterson walk 
You know, they had to replace that kind of, that shooting. They got rid of Demari Carroll, who was the, who lost his role last year with the team uh, as mm-hmm. he was the starting wing, and he's kind of been inconsistent with them because he hasn't really injury been prone for a too. Lot. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt. Yeah. So that's what happened there. They make the trade to get C.J. Miles, and that helps their shooting. That helps them long range. They're going to go long range and. I mean, they they were in a terrible shooting team. They weren't a very they weren't a great shooting team. This helps a lot. I guess he moves to the three and he starts at the three. I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. the case. Onunubi, Onunobi, right? Yeah. <laughs> OG Onunobi. <laughs> it's gonna be a while till we see him on the floor, but I, that'll hold him out till we get till he gets back, you know. And I think he'll be a yeah, and he'll still going forward. Yeah, and he'll still need some time to 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 kind of be groomed and everything. But I. Honestly, when I first heard the Carroll trade, I was like, wow, yeah. you're giving up a lot to dump a, a $30 million contract over two years. Yeah. I just feel like that, that, like giving up a first and a, like a, a, a granted, like a, a late first round pick, but then the, the second round pick is, is a quality second round pick. So giving up both of those things um, mm-hmm. just to move a $30 million contract, like, man, I feel. I was kind of pissed, honestly, that my Hawks didn't jump on that fucking deal. Like, dude, I'll, I'll send you, yeah, yeah, I'll send you Diamond Stone and like, to, you know, who his one point five million dollars a year. Uh, well, I mean, the guys that they took from Washington, um, what's his name, Hamilton, I think. Um, he is uh, uh, three million dollars. So like it would have saved them another million and a half, <laughs> and they're both expiring contracts. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have brought Demari Carroll back to Atlanta, man. He could, because Carroll can play the four. Like he's only six eight, but with small ball and everything, he can he can play the four. Um, and still, yeah. And so like I yeah, I just think it would have been like. And like just a, a smart trade. I, I love the trade for the Nets. I think it's just brilliant. Um, in fact, I really thing. like what they're doing in Brooklyn. Like, um, like if you ask me, like if you ask me, who would I rather be right now? Like a Brooklyn fan or a Knicks fan? I'd probably rather be a Brooklyn fan, honestly. Yeah, that's I not mean, you, all right. I'm, I'm liking that choice. well and the thing that sucks is they still got another year before they can see any sort of real benefits um because they still owe Boston another fucking draft go out and go get Contavious Caldwell Pope he's an unrestricted free agent now you know it's true but with the Carroll trade I don't know how much cap space they have left so that's true I didn't think how much money imagine that uh, Carol, he's fit about fifteen million, and they and they only gave up three, so there's a net twelve gain basically. Um, mm. So I mean, they they might be able to to get him. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what he's looking for. I know he turned down an eighty million dollar contract though. Um, Which is crazy because that was <laughs> yeah that, that was an offer sheet that was on the table, and he was like, Nah, I'm I'm good, son. Four years, eighty million. No, I'm all right. So, well, so I don't max. know what. Uh, no, max is what they offered Otto Porter is like one of six point five. Yeah, his would be his would, his would be smaller though, right? It'd be like one hundred two or something. No, I'd be, I'd be about the same. They're they've been in the league about the same amount of time. Have they? Yeah, probably. So, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, they have. 
So like, uh, yeah, I mean that'll I'll be interesting. I'll be very interested to see where, where Caldwell Pope signs. A lot of people, a lot like a lot of Hawks fans. There's been like this kind of rumbling about him. You know, us trying to go out and sign him. But my only thing with that is like that's like the one position we don't need. <laughs> Like, yeah. I'm not going to say he's not better than any of our shooting guards, because he is. Um, like, I mean, I don't think he's – but I don't think he's that much better. I don't think he's that much better than Bazemore. Bazemore had a really bad year last year, but, like, Bazemore's not a yeah. terrible player. He's got a terrible contract. Um, but yeah. I, I just don't know. Like, that's the whole reason that we yeah. didn't want to pay Tim Hardaway, because we didn't want to yeah, have two – two players at the same position making the same money who, you know, when when neither one of them is great. Right, exactly. And then they play – them playing the three is more out of position than a good fit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, but, yeah, that, that'll be interesting, to, you know, to say the least. Um, and then uh, Drew Holiday, like – I, I like Lowry is, is definitely overpaid a little bit in my opinion. Drew Holiday is insanely overpaid in my opinion. Um, you're talking about a, a guy who would you would you say he's one of the 20 best point guards in the NBA? Who oh, Drew Holiday? Yeah, maybe but when he's healthy. Uh, when he's healthy, I, I say yeah. Okay. Problem is when he's fair healthy. enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing in a nutshell is like he he's always had trouble staying healthy. Um mm-hmm. and you know, I just I don't know if if I mean, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Um and now I realize that you know, they didn't have any money to try and go out and get somebody who's better than him. Um that's I think the they thing. had maybe <laughs> I think they had maybe about $12 million if they had let him walk. Um, so if they, they would have had to renounce their rights to him. So I get it. I get why you have to sign him. Um, but just for that much money, it's just ridiculously crazy to me. Yeah, I know. But that was one of those, like, we got we to gotta, we gotta do all right by our, by our guy or he'll walk. <laughs> That's basically what's going to happen. And but was he gonna walk? Like, where? Who do you think would have? Who do you think would have offered him anywhere close to that amount of money? This reminds me of like an Allen. Yeah, this is, this <laughs> reminds me of like an Allen Houston thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a Which, lot of money. You know, Allen. Yeah, that that nobody <laughs> else was gonna give him. You know, and yeah. that's just the thing to me. Like, I I I agree with doing right by your players. Um, but like that kind of contract was just crazy. Like, I think it was, I, I think Lowry, you know, maybe is about 10, 15 too much for him. Yeah. Um, but not, and, and because it's three years, it gives him more flexibility. Talking about what was, what was his, a five year with a player option and like what, 25 million a year, I believe it was. I think it was a $126 million contract for five years with a player option. Like, yeah, you're given you're given a lot to that. You're given a lot to the player right there. Like, I feel like you should rein back on one of those things. Make the fifth year a team option, or trim that contract by about twenty million, 
or, you know, make it a three-year deal. You know, like something's got to give there. But to me, that's just – that's why the Pelicans are just – they're such a garbage team, man. (laughs) I hate to say it, but – I get it. I get it. I, I don't know what else they they need. To, they still need more moves. To, they they can't stay the way they are. They need Wayne. No. <laughs> you know. A lot. Right now they can't. Yeah. I mean they're living off of what they made last year with um. Uh, oh, who they signed last year? What's his name? Uh, Sol- Solomon Hill and Antoine Moore. Yes, Antoine Moore and Solomon Hill. They were undisappointing. I mean, <laughs> like that was a lot yeah. of money to give to Solomon Hill. Like who gave, who was thinking about giving Solomon Hill that kind of money? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was forty-four million over four years, which isn't like yeah. a obscene contract or anything. But it's just like you're not getting our like almost any production out of them. But to see, that's the thing. That's what New Orleans does. They give people who should be making like four million a year, like eleven million a year, and like if you do that enough times, it completely annihilates your cap, and then you don't even have anything to show for it. Like if anything, like that's probably their bigger problem than the Drew Holiday thing, for the fact that they have Etwan Moore on their books for eight eight plus million for the next three years, Solomon Hill for eleven plus million for the next three years, uh, Omar Ashik for over uh, right around eleven million for two more years, like. That that shit adds up, man, and that's you know that's just not a good position to be in. You don't want to be the team that over it's subpar guys. We're not even talking like mediocre guys. I think that contract is ass. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. right. I mean he had his moments, but then he they definitely overpaid for him. Oh yeah, well then- it was it was it was classic <laughs> case of of like dude falls off after signing new huge contract. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because you're right, he played well for them Um, as recently as maybe like two years ago, three years ago. He was really good Um, because I think – I could be mistaken, but I think think they got him from – I want to say Washington. He hadn't always played for them, I don't think. He was on Houston. He he was on Chicago. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, so he's he's he played well for for a little bit, but I think I think a big thing with him is injuries too, um, and just the league yeah. changing and and you know the culmination of everything has kind of fucked him over. Um, but yeah, hey, I guess good on Holiday for getting paid. Like at least it, it just I hopefully he can stay healthy and he can you know help 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 them compete for the playoffs. But yeah, they got they got to figure out something else. Because they're still missing two or three pieces as far as even yeah. just, I feel like, making the eighth seed. Um, unless they just want Boogie and and uh, the Brow to do it all. <laughs> like, And that's going to yeah, be but- tough. You know what's interesting, though? I did hear that Alvin Gentry wants to run DeMarcus Cousins as, as a point center this year. What the what? Well, he's a really good passer. Um, kind of okay. like kind of like what Denver does with Nikola Jokic, where they put him up at the at, at the top of the key, so he can uh-huh. kind of see everything and and like that's try true. to hit people. But like that's all. That sounds all great, and he and he's he's actually a good three point shooter now. Like I think he shot like thirty six, thirty seven percent last year or something. Um, so he's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good three point shooter. 
Um, but that only works if you have wings to pass it to. Like Denver has a ton of wings that, you know, that can shoot the ball. I mean, yeah, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Will Barton, uh, Hernan Gomez, yeah. like um, uh, Wilson Chandler, like people who can shoot uh, that, you know, New Orleans just doesn't have any of that. So I, I think that's a brilliant move for, for Cousins. I'm not sure how it's going to work, though, because of the lack of assets they have around them if they don't, you know, do anything else, which I guess they have their, their um, you know, their exceptions that they can use, but I don't know who's who's really left on the board. So that would right. be tricky. I think I think unfortunately for them they're probably doomed for um the lottery yet again and then I think Cousins will probably walk and I wouldn't blame him one bit cuz like I mean it's great it's all fine and good playing with Anthony Davis but you're basically playing with a guy who is is just like you <laughs> and and it's you want to play with guys who compliment you not guys who play just like you so which, right. hey, we could be saying that about Harden and, and, and CP3, at least and offensively. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to check out. Um, okay, so this most of the players, you know, the big players who stayed put. Um, but as far as the players who moved, uh, we got Hayward going to Boston. I think that's probably just the biggest one. Uh, Millsap to Denver, Gallinari to the Clippers. Uh, we talked right. about Gay to the Spurs. Uh, Teague to Minnesota, as well as Gibson, Tosh Gibson, uh, P.J. Tucker to Houston, and then Reddick to Philadelphia. Um, you, I don't think you ever wavered in, in, in thinking Hayward was going to Boston, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I remember there at the end, I was a little nervous because I wanted it to happen, but I was starting right. to like get my doubts, especially after the Paul George trade, because you know then then you know they couldn't really sell him on the okay, well, we're going to sign you and then we're going to go get Paul George and then we're going to compete for you know championship. Um, I just thought it, it it opened the doors up a little bit more for for Miami to kind of make a play. Um, and even even for Utah to to bring him back, like why why were you so sold on it? What like what what the hell insider information do you have, Joel? I have nothing. I just was confident <laughs> because I felt like he was going there regardless of Paul George's move or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I I was okay. I just never thought he would. If either you stay, he stayed in Utah or he went to Boston. That's where I was thinking. Period. Yeah. I mean, I never thought he'd go anywhere else. Even though people said Miami, I never believed that. Yeah, you know, that's just where I was at mentally. Yeah, the the one thing that I found intriguing about Miami is like you at least know that Pat Riley is always going to compete. Like when they were talking about last year, the that you know the Heat were were gonna you know try to rebuild and everything, and basically Pat Riley came out and was like, Nah, son, fuck that. Like, I ain't about this rebuilding shit. Like, I'm pissed that we missed the playoffs by one game. Like, that's just Pat Riley. Like, Pat Riley does not want to wait. Like, he wants to compete. And so it's it's nice I, to have a GM who – Yep. And they have there. a good coach and decent pieces. Yeah. And now they're, like, they're back exactly. in it. I mean, they're not great or anything, but they're decent, you know. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. They're they're you know they're they're a quality team. They got a they got a uh, a GM who wants to win. The biggest thing that I felt like they had against them is they don't have a second round pick for like the next five seasons because of because okay. of that like mentality from Pat Riley. And they don't own their 2018 or 2021 first-round pick. So you're essentially relying on um, – you're, you're simply relying on free agency in order to be able to compete. And if you're looking at that as, as a player, you, I, I feel like you have to sit back and, like, crunch those numbers and be like, well, if I sign there and they re-sign waiters, they have Dragic, they have Whiteside, you know, that's not enough to win, and we don't have any, like, real draft picks coming in. Like, that's just a lot, you know? Yeah, so uh, that's That's why they got Deion Waiters. They're trying to get work with getting James um, Johnson. And they got to build mm-hmm. what they got. I get that. They're going to build a, yeah. around that. Uh, uh, Adebayo is looking really good in summer league, so that's turned out to oh, be yeah, yeah. That could turn out to be a good pick, though. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested to see who's going to have the better year, Adebayo or Collins, because John Collins is looking really good for the Hawks in summer league. Yeah, a too. good one too. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't get to see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, I got to watch it today, and man, the Hawks kicked the shit out of the Bulls. Like it wasn't even close. And I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there, I was sitting there watching. Like the Bulls were just like garbage, man. Like, and I was like, man, y'all just got all these like this young, young players. Squad, yeah, like that's what y'all have been like, you know, all hyped about one night, and dude, it was not working. Like it was, they were, it was weird. It was like watching, it's like watching a game on, uh, like you, you know, like a, a neighborhood pickup game, where like, like you just go play at the park with people, and like nobody knows each other, yeah. so no one knows how to play together, so everyone's just trying to get their own buckets, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was just sloppy and like, you know, at least the Hawks are trying to play like a team. Like it, we, we missed a shit ton of shots too because that's what happens in summer league. But we we're kind of operating like a team. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, I, I think where like what are your thoughts as far as um, you know where where do you think Boston goes now? You know, so they've gotten Hayward. They obviously had to had to trade Bradley to get that, so they got they got Morris back. They just signed Baines, uh, center from yeah. Detroit from last year, for like a four yeah. million dollar ish contract. Um, you know, yep. so they 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 they've got Hayward. They 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 were able to keep all their assets, so they didn't trade anything. Like, uh, do you, do you give any credence credence to this this um, uh, Mark Gasol stuff? I, I not yet. I I don't think so. Not just yet. I don't think he uh-huh. bails until maybe unless Memphis falls flat on their face this year, which is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but it's possible. I don't think he's moving just yet. I think it's too soon to be to think about Marcus All even quite yet. I mean, maybe in the future it's possible, but as of right now, I'm not. I don't believe it. I just my thing is, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I I just don't see how the numbers stack up like in any way, shape or form. Um, I like, I don't know who you would have. To, I mean, you would just have to trade like your whole roster pretty much. Okay. Um, uh, and how I just, Mark mate. How much what? Mark, how much does Mark make right now? Uh, like 24 million, something like that. 
How much is Horford making right now? Like 27, but they're not going to make that trade. They want to get, like, right. younger players. So. Man, I don't blame them. I'm saying that's the only logical trade, <laughs> like, for me. Yeah, that's the only way it could work because, I mean, Crowder's not making a lot of – Crowder's making, what, like, seven – and well, I guess yeah. now that they got they got Bane signed on and they got um uh they got Morris, you could package those together and that would get you close. You'd probably have to throw in Marcus Smart and that would get you there. But still, like I said, that's like your that's like all your depth. Like except for yeah. your young people and your stars. Like and they got like, and the Boston they look these they got Larry, you got Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward. You got Jay Crowder, you got Marcus Morris, you got Al Horford, you got um, your two rookie. Well, not your two rookie. You got Jalen Brown, and you got uh, the rookie. Um, uh, what's his name? They just drafted him. Uh, Tatum. Tatum. They got Jason uh, Tatum. Jason Tatum. And he's balling. He is straight. Balling. He is balling. He looks so good out there. I'm like, wow. Did he? He actually. You know, I heard the comparisons earlier, but like, I really do. I see it now that I've like seen him play. I see it. He does remind me of Carmelo Anthony. Like, yeah, they, like think back to like a fan. young Carmelo Anthony when he came into the league. Like, that's yeah, that's pretty looks, much what like, Tatum looks like right now. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm like, wow, it's like a what are you what you used to be, <laughs> like what was or whatever. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, he's gonna be good in like, like two years probably. He'll be he'll be there. You know, he's good now, but he might be even better then. So Boston those lucky yeah. bastards. <laughs> I know, dude. Like and that's and that's the crazy thing. Everybody man, I feel like and and for at least partially good reasons, like they get a Danny Ainge gets a lot of props for that trade, um, that he pulled off to get all those picks. Um, but no one saw those picks turning into such great picks when the trade like that like part of that was just blind luck that it ended up being the way it did you know and then to trade in like to trade to get Isaiah Thomas before anybody knew he was going to be you know a superstar like part of part of it is brilliant GMing and probably like the other half of it is just like utter stupid luck (laughs) right but uh, but yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna look good. Yeah, I I think the Hayward addition is is gonna help them out a lot long term. And honestly, it, you know what? Like I've kind of given this a, a good bit of thought. I don't think I would make any more trades. Honestly, like good boss. I would just I, I would keep Thomas, give him that big deal next year. I would probably trade Marcus Smart. That's probably the one guy because he he's. His contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, so if you – you don't want to have to pay him and Thomas. Um, and then you just kind of work in Rozier uh, as your as your backup too. And then, you right. know, hit – go into next draft and just, you know, hopefully get, you know, two top five picks in the next draft. And then, you know, add those to your roster – and I mean, you're pretty much just set, you know. Then you just groom those four young players, those four lottery picks that you have. You also have Zizic, who's going to play this year. I think they held off on bringing Yabusele over for another year, but they'll bring him over next year. Um, they just have like a lot of good young talent and three 
uh, capable, solid veterans, and I think you can totally construct everything and build everything around that. That's true. Uh, Boston looks really – they got depth. They look, they're look. they just a little inexperienced. That's all. That's what it comes yeah. down to. You, you, know what, you know what I think is interesting? If, if they continue mm-hmm. to make the right moves, um, you know, everybody's talking about waiting out LeBron and waiting out uh, Golden State and all that. Yeah. There ain't no guarantee that Boston's not going to be better than both of them in three or four yeah. years. <laughs> Exactly so right. you, you might have waited. That. You might have waited out just to see a, a Boston Celtics juggernaut. You know, that's the that's the funny thing about the NBA and and you know how people can react to situations or or maybe overreact to situations. Um, what about uh, what about Paul Millsap going to Denver? Uh, and and you know, furthermore, just the whole cycle of that trade. You know, Paul Millsap goes to Denver. Gallinari ends up in, in you know, with the Clippers. Yeah. What did you think about that? It was uh, – what did the Hawks get out of that? I forget. Uh, Jamal Crawford and a first-round pick. Uh, that's right. They got the remnants of Jamal Crawford who they just bought out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you got a first-round pick. Right? So it was really just a pick, right, basically? Yeah, pretty much. A pick and, like, $15 million Change. in salary. Yeah, basically. Um, since based on the deals that were already there, Paul Millsap was signing before the trade happened, so they just made it a trade, and um, for for our salaries and that for the Clippers and all that extra bull. But um, Paul Millsap going to Denver didn't, didn't make. I just didn't understand why he went there. I guess they again that came down to money, um, and apparently Denver's been chasing him for years now. So I guess he felt wanted. Yeah, like yeah, like two but three I, years. Right, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why if you're somebody a Western free agent, why would you go west? I just didn't understand that. And he yeah. went west to a Denver team that's un- up and coming, but I, they're not there yet. Like I felt like Minnesota was near there. Minnesota was probably the closest of the young teams to be right there, and Denver's not there just yet. But I guess they're gonna have to be soon. I mean, they got Jokic. Yo- he will work well next to Jokic. Yo- Jokic, whatever. And Jokic. they got uh, Murray, Jokic, that's right. And they got Wilson Chandler for now, at least. And then they got they got some good young – they have good players, young players, Gary um, Harris and all them. Yeah, so I, like I like Gary Harris team. a lot. Yeah, they've got a good team. It's just uh, – I just don't feel like they're going to do anything there. I think he's kind of wasted his – he's going to waste his time. He's going to get paid, but he's going to waste his time there. You know, that's how I feel. I think in the East he could have made a bigger splash if he went somewhere. but Or – Apparently there was rumors of him going to Minnesota. I thought that would have been a good move for Minnesota, but it is what it is. Uh, he went, he chased the money, and he uh, apparently he likes where he's at. So I'm not going to be mad at him. And the Gallinari to the Clippers move, not terrible. Um, the Clippers re- restacked their deck. Uh, they lost Chris Paul, but now they got Gallinari, Patrick Beverly. They were talking about getting Tony Allen. They were going to be the reverse uh, guard setup. They're going to have the two best perimeter defenders in the league out there. Yeah. You know, the best offensive guards. That's actually pretty smart. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. And they signed Milo Teodosic, who's a really good European player. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did. I like what the Clippers did to, re, to revamp themselves after losing Chris Paul. So I think for all parties except for the Hawks, who I hope we're trying to rebuild anyway, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it the same way as a Hawks fan. I I didn't want to bring back Millsap, not because 
I don't love Paul Millsap. I mean, he's been right. our best player now for like six years. Um, but that's the thing. That's the best player that we could get is Paul Millsap. And we could never convince anybody to sign to come, you know, play with him. Um, even in, you know, 2015 when we had all that momentum after the 61 season, we couldn't get in, like, I mean, we might have gotten a meeting with a guy or two, but we couldn't get anybody to come and sign with us. Uh, I bet so, I get it. it happened here with New York. You're like with Mello. We have the same situation. Same shit. Yeah. Except although the, although the, the biggest difference between Atlanta and New York is New York is a place where it, it's – fucking called the basketball mecca for for god's sakes like it's a place yeah. where people should want to go play and has a right. a tremendous fan base atlanta does not have a tremendous fan base there ain't there ain't enough people out there like me who just like love love their team um yeah, know. you know but nevertheless um i i think it was a pretty pretty good I move my my, my oh. biggest thing is i don't know why i, I don't I don't know if maybe Gallinari just like made the decision like, Hey, I want to go play for the Clippers. Like, cause the, all the talks was that Denver wanted him back. Um, I, I just think it would have been a smarter move for most, at least for Denver and, and maybe even for, for Atlanta. Um, why not just try to work out a sign and trade around Kenneth Fareed? Um, you know, yeah. and, and that way they could keep Gallinari and, uh, get Paul Millsap, and then they would like then that would be a really good looking team, you know. They would still need a, a, yeah. a point guard, but um, but yeah, like uh, so that that part I didn't really get. I do like Millsap with Denver. I like him playing with Jokic. He he gives them the defense. Like when all, when all the talk about the love trade was going on with with Denver, yeah. um, I didn't hate it, but like they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league and like Millsap will help them out tremendously with that. Um, and I really like Wilson Chandler. Um, you know, they've been talking about getting rid of him for a while, but I think he's a really good quality player. I I think they need, they need to, (laughs) (laughs) they need to get a backup, a backup, uh, small forward and they need to get a, a starting point guard. Like that's, that's the two pieces they need yeah, to be yeah, yeah. a really good team. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't know. There's not really anybody left for them to do that. Um, and then as far as for the Clippers, I just worry about, like, that you got Blake who can't stay healthy. You got Gallinari who can't stay healthy. And if those two guys can't stay healthy, like, that's gonna that's what their season's going to revolve around. Like, if those guys yeah. play 70 70- three games, like, they'll be a playoff team. If they play 50-ish, they won't. <laughs> like, it's just, that's what it comes yeah. down to. Um, I think another so, issue with that is um, Gallinari, he's, as, as he gets older, he's going to he's gonna be more of a stretch forward than a three going forward, you know? So, mm-hmm. he's, it's going to, it's not going to work out long term at the three for him there, you know? Maybe small ball. I think that's why it might work out because of the fact that they can go right into small ball, and he can play the four. Blake can play the five, or or uh, a Jordan can play the five. Either way, they they can make they can make it work. But I guess in the beginning it'll be three, four, five for them, and that'll be the new big three down in uh, Los Angeles or LA. Yeah, call it the D team. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's he's twenty eight. Um, but he will be uh, 29 by the start of the season. 
so that's right. right around that kind of age where you usually see those types of wing players start to make that transition. Um, you know, we've yep. seen it with Mello where he's the best he's fighting him, best bro. way to he's fighting. get the most out of him is to play him at the four, you know. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, and you know, they do have um, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan's contract is up at the end of the year. So, you know, maybe they do try to get a cheaper center in and then play some small ball and try to work that in, um, you know, to, to kind of make it work. Um, I, I, yeah, like I said, I, I don't hate it for him. Uh, I just, I just wonder if, if they can keep everybody healthy and if they can, it, it, it should work out. It should be a pretty, pretty decent move for them, but we'll just have to see. Um, so as far as we talked a little bit about gay, uh, let's talk a little bit about Minnesota. So they, we, we talked about the uh, Rubio trade. Um, so they get a pick out of that. Um, which kind of, you know, helps them out because uh, their 2018 pick uh, is, is scheduled to go to Atlanta as, so long as they make the playoffs. So, um, you know, after after basically winning the draft by, uh, <laughs> by getting Jimmy Butler, um, you know, now they add Jeff Teague and they add Taj Gibson, uh, and now they add Jamal Crawford. Um, so what, yeah. what do you think about their additions? Um, do you think I love it. Do you think they still maybe need another piece, or do you think this will probably be enough to to kind of give some fits uh, for some yeah, of those maybe, teams? Maybe one more piece, but not a big piece. Another role player that can help out. Um, they're they're they look good. They look good. I don't know if it's gonna work right away, but they look real good. You know, I like what they've done. They they filled every position well. They they. And I just they look like they can make noise. If they're healthy and everybody works out the way they at their peak, they could do damage in the West and um it's just a matter of can they gel gel right uh right away, you know. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. But they, they got it, they got everybody. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that's kind of the way I see it too. The 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 biggest thing that I feel like they're missing is shooting. But they did add Jamal Crawford, so that kind of addresses it a little bit, even if he's a you know like very streaky shooter and he is, um, but nevertheless, I mean, when a streaky shooter is on, you know, that's, you know, you're, you're shit, you're super happy. So like, uh, I, I think I agree. I I like the Teague deal. It's not too expensive in in my taste. I think it was uh, 19 million a year, essentially, Mm -hmm. uh, for three seasons. Um, Gibson, right. I thought they maybe overpaid Gibson a little bit, um, but little, not little. terribly. I think it was like I think he got like fourteen million, which isn't like like maybe just like two or three million overpaid. So not no, nothing crazy. Um, and then you know getting Crawford, uh, they got him on a pretty a good deal. I think nine million over two years, so about four and a half million a year. Um, they've made smart decisions, like smart calculated decisions, um, to to kind of help fill out their roster. I think Tyus Jones is, is a pretty good backup point guard. So I think I, I like where they're at there. And because of the flexibility that Wiggins and Butler give you as far as positional uh, play, you can put the two of them in there together, but then you can also rotate either one to the three uh, when you, you want to rest the other and bring in Jamal Crawford. So that all looks good. And then I guess, 
I guess you start Gibson and then use uh, Gorgie Jang as like a kind of a fill-in to to fill in between the four and the five. Uh, yeah, you know. So I mean, He's more of a five. So that, I mean, yeah, Jang. Yeah, for for me too. Um, but they've had to play him at the four because they haven't really had you know that person. But what's that? That's like eight eight players. Like when you get into the playoffs, that's about what you want. You want eight quality players. You want an eight man rotation. Yeah. Um, sure. And then they have they have a couple other people who can take on some minutes during the regular season. They got uh, Bielica, I guess is how you pronounce yeah. it. Bielica or something like that. Yeah. Bellica. And then uh, and then they have uh, uh, Cole Aldrich who can you know play ten minutes a game when you need him to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I really like what Minnesota has kind of constructed, and you know they did it precisely when they needed to do it because if they had waited till next year, they have to pay Andrew Wiggins, and then they can't make all these moves. So you know this was the year when they needed to do it, and they did it. And and you know the other thing I like is I just I'm a big Tom Thibodeau guy. I like Tom Thibodeau a lot. I think he's excellent coach. I think he's probably one of the five best coaches in the NBA. And, it, like, he's going to get these guys uh, to play defense uh, finally now that he's got some of, you know, a couple of his old guys back in there um, in uh, Taj and, and Butler. Um, and I think Butler will be huge um, in, in helping Wiggins take that next step. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, with with the way that they've put all that together, I think it's great. Um, PJ Tucker, so he he signs in Houston. I'm also a huge fan of this move. I think that's like that that three and D guy. You know, you like every team needs one. They paid him what eight million dollars a year. That's not terrible for for you know his production and what he does, what he brings to the table. Um, I think I think people people. People like kind of rag on on PJ Tucker because other people had decided to call him the LeBron stopper. <laughs> it ain't like PJ Tucker <laughs> ever called himself the LeBron stopper, you know. Like, um, so I, I don't I don't get I don't get why people rag on him about that. It's not what his doing. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's the perfect complement for them. He he can play anything between the two and the four, um, realistically, and plays great defense a decent three-point shooter. He he got hot at the end of the season for um for the Raptors hitting those corner threes. Like just posting up in that little corner and just dropping threes. Um so I think that'll work out great for you know Chris Paul and uh James Harden if you can if he can kind of hang out over in that that little corner, you can hit him with that that pass. That's just going to open the, Yeah, open the floor up even more. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, are you as high on the move as I am? Yep. Uh, it's a great move. Um, not that I actually wanted to see Houston get better, but it's a great move for them. You know, I didn't know what else they do next. I know they were trying to get, um, who were they trying? They were aiming at somebody. I think they were trying to get Paul George too at some point. And they're like, oh, we're going to yeah. try. That, that didn't work out. And they just didn't have to ask that. Right. Right. They just didn't. They really didn't. Um, but I think this it was a surprise move. I didn't expect it, but I also thought it was a great move. So they yeah. added some yeah. people. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like, 
um, to me is like, you know, if if you want to p- throw out a like super oh. uh, yeah. like defensive minded lineup, um, like you know, if it's if it's the last you know four seconds of the game, other team calls a timeout, like, and you yeah. need you need guys who can like really defend. You can put you know Chris Paul, PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza. Um, you know, at your one, two, and three to guard the perimeter, and they're going to do a damn good job of that. So, Corey, um, Brewer still on the? I forget. Do what now? Is Corey Brewer still on the team, or is he out there? Somewhere? No, that no, nah, they traded him for Lou Williams last year. They did. They did. So where's he at? Yeah. He's in L.A. Yeah, he's oh in my L.A. God. I don't even remember him playing in L.A. Did he ever play? <laughs> I don't think he played very much. Because remember, they were playing all their young guys at the end of the season. They weren't playing anybody old because they wanted to tank. That's true. That's true. That's, oh, it's just weird seeing him on that team. <laughs> yeah, he he just never really worked out for them because he can't shoot. <laughs> so That's true. Um, he can't shoot, and he's a 6'9 guy who can't play the four. Like, he, he ne- like they can yeah, never so play him at the four. Pay- yeah, yeah, he actually plays the two better than he does the three, really. He so yeah. even even though he can't shoot, um, but uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, he's gone. Um, so yeah, like yeah, the yeah, Tucker move, like excellent, excellent under the radar signing. And then uh, Redick, uh, and we can go ahead and throw Amir Johnson in there. Both of them signed with uh, Philly on one year deals. I love this yep. for Philly. Redick Redick gives you a shooter, uh, veteran yep. presence. Um, and, you know, Amir Johnson kind of a veteran presence as well, um, and you don't tie up rebounder, next year's cap space. Yep. Yeah, rebounder, exactly. shot blocker, uh, kind of like, you know, defensive-minded player. Um, yeah. And, and Reddick's just a, a, a – yeah, really good quality shooter, somebody that I think, um, you know, they've been missing for, for several years now. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I, – I really like the way Reddick um, plays. Like – He's one of those guys who opens up like an and is instant offense to start a game. And like that's something that's highly underrated, having a guy who can get you like sixteen points in the first quarter. And then it's it's totally cool with just, you know, taking a step back and like letting the other offense kind of work its way uh-huh. and then, you know, maybe score four or six points for the rest of the game. You know, I just I think that's like a quality that um that I, I truly admired about his play, uh, you know, following him when he played for the Clippers. Right. Totally. So, I mean, I, totally. yeah, I just – I expect him to kind of bring that to Philly and, like, you know, be be that kind of early offense for them, you know, at the at the start of games and, and then kind of, you know, help, you know – Take maybe take a step back to let the rest of the players kind of get themselves into position and and all that kind of yep. stuff. And you know, just getting two veterans like that, I think is is super super important. Yeah, that's the first big signing of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's the sign that it, that it's kind of working. Um, have you? Uh, did you hear any updates on um, on uh, uh, Fultz's uh, ankle injury? Uh, yeah, I heard it got downgraded. It's now just a high ankle sprain. It's not as serious as well. everyone thought. Yeah, that's good. I yeah, mean, I, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I'm just go saying ahead. I'm happy for him. That's all. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that would have sucked, man. Like, because uh, when I heard the initial news, it wasn't like a, 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 I didn't hear it from like a cited source, but I know I shared it with you, and you know, we were all kind of like, damn, dude, like. Fucking Philadelphia, man, the curse of the process. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, yeah, that's that's good to hear. So, yeah, hopefully, just rest him for the summer and they'll be ready to go. um, Yeah, you know, come come uh, October. Um, So, a couple more things uh, that that kind of stuck out over over this process: Uh, free agency, Avery Bradley. uh, You know, they had to trade him to uh, make the space for Hayward. They get Marcus Morris in return. Um, I don't hate this trade. Um, you know, I mean, Avery Bradley was their highest paid uh, player outside of Horford. Um, he was kind of like the guy that they had to move, in my opinion, if they were going to get Hayward. Um, the only thing is, uh, and I, I haven't been able to confirm this yet, but um, the initial report was that they traded Avery Bradley to the Pistons for Marcus Morris and two second round picks. But I've subsequently heard also, I've heard it the other way around that uh, the Pistons got Avery Bradley and one second round pick for Marcus Morris. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I'm checking now just to confirm what you're hearing. You heard the first time I heard that it was like two second round picks and, Whatever it was, um, but let me just check it, make sure. Right. Um, um, but yeah, as far as as far as the move though, um, I I kind of feel like this is just a, a rental for the Pistons. I mean, I don't think I, with their salary cap issues, I don't think they're really going to be able to re-sign Avery Bradley. Um, right. But I do think. I do think it's a good move in the sense that you got Donovan Mitchell coming in, and I don't think you, you really trust him yet. Um, yeah. And so Bradley can step into Caldwell Pope's role, just knock down some shots. He's a much better defender, um, so he can, you, you know, help. What's that? Canard. Luke Wait, one more time. Oh, Kennard. that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kennard, not not Mitchell. They should have taken Mitchell, but they got Kennard. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so so like, but he can he can groom uh, Kennard kind of under his uh, under his wing, um, and you know that I I think it's a a pretty reasonable trade for both sides. I like Marcus Morris. I mean, obviously he's the lesser of the Morris uh, brothers. I would um <laughs> I would I would be uh be somewhat inclined to uh to to go say hey Marcus you, you like did you just be your brother for <laughs> a couple <of> years <laughs> and let him come play for us we'll pay you like 10 million more dollars bro <laughs> <laughs> that's mean but i like it <laughs> yeah hey marquise is a much better player i don't i don't know how yeah. he's that much better but he is <laughs> he is he is um it is only one second round pick apparently Okay, so and is that going to the Pistons or is that going to the Celtics? See, yeah, uh, so they the gave up Avery Bradley and a second rounder for Marcus Morris. So it's like they gave, up, wait, they gave Avery Bradley and a 2019 second round pick to the Pistons for Marcus Morris. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So with that, I don't right. like the trade as much because honestly, I probably would have rather just given up Avery Bradley for a pick. 
Um, right. Like I think, I think I, I had thrown this out there before, um, before they picked up Crawford. I, I mean, I think they would have been Minnesota would have been willing to give up that OKC first rounder um, for Avery Bradley because I think he would have fit in, you know, really, really right. well with Tom Thibodeau. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> like it's only a second rounder. Not you know not that big of a deal. Hell, it might even be. I think they owned um, Detroit's 2019 second round pick, so maybe they just gave them their second round pick back. <laughs> um, it's possible. But but as far as as far as the Pistons though, I mean that's that's good. Even if you're just renting Avery Bradley, you get a second rounder out of it, and you get somebody who can, can play can the two starters. Small two. forward. Uh no, he's like six five. I, I I don't think so. There were there was some talk about him uh, potentially playing a little bit of one. Um, yeah, I heard he's a pretty good ball handler. But no, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I don't yeah. think he could play small forward. All right, well they're gonna well, need the only against one. like a really small ball lineup, like you know when well, Boston or it, Phoenix used to do it when they would run like a three guard lineup. Yeah, teams do that a lot now anyway. Yeah, but I I don't know if. I, I don't know if Kennard could pull it Not off. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just too short. I get you. And probably probably not fast enough either. He's white, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got to give Stanley Johnson his shot. I don't know what's up with that kid. Yeah, because uh, he was a pretty high pick. I think he was like, what, like 11 or something like that a couple years ago? Um, high. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he's – He's definitely somebody who they need to kind of work into the roster. I mean, I feel like, in fact, at this point, like, who who do they got to play the four anyway? Like, I I, I would probably try to move Tobias Harris over to the four instead of playing yeah. the three. I mean, cause John, Luer, John Luer can play the four, but I think he plays a little better at the five, and he plays better off the bench. He didn't really he play does. that well as a starter. No, you're right. Huh? He does. He's, he's a decent player. I like John Luer. He's just... You're right. He's more of a bench guy. He's a more of a four-five, five-four guy off the bench. Yeah, and he gives you quality minutes. Like he can give you thirty minutes a game because he can play both the four and the five. But like he just works better off the bench going against. Like he works better off the bench because he's going against bench guys. Like he he yeah. he, he doesn't perform nearly as well both offensively and defensively when he's going against starting quality players. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be a move because, I mean, Stanley Johnson, you know, they have to – it's kind of, you know, you, you got to give the guy the minutes before he can, you know, really kind of shine or whatever. So, yeah, I think, so it's, I think, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I honestly I, – I, I, I like Tobias Harris at the four. I mean, I think that's I the way the league is going, you know. Like, that's, that's kind of smart. Um, now they need to just figure out, like – if they can, if anybody will take Andre Drummond's contract. <laughs> oh man, because that is a massive somebody. contract. He's still good. Yeah, you know? he's not bad. You just can't play him at the end of games, which I always hate no. having. Like when your best no. player can't play the last five minutes of a game, like that sucks. Yeah. And You're right. they're paying him. They're paying him like. I think he, he's scheduled to make like over a hundred million dollars over the next four years. Um, but he is yeah. young. I mean, he's only like 24 years old, I think something like that. 25 uh, maybe. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's still got a lot of a lot of mileage left on his tires. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they can kind of pull off there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much everything we already kind of touched base on the Damari Carroll uh, trading, uh, being traded to Brooklyn and, and all that kind of jazz. So, um, as far as, uh, you know, what's kind of been going on the past couple of weeks, we, we covered that pretty quickly, man. Like, I didn't expect us to even uh, get through all of that in the show. That's <laughs> crazy. And that's what I was touching on, all the little moves and shit. But there's so much has happened. It's just been insane. It's only and it's still going on. This is not over. There's some big news that still need to happen. So Yeah, I think Caldwell Pope is, is yeah, is, is one of those big moves that could happen. By the way, update on Brooklyn. Um mm-hmm. they have they could they could sign Pope if if he would sign for that like twenty twenty million a year contract. They have eighty point six million yeah. on the books. So like a ninety nine million yeah, ninety nine million dollar salary cap. Um and they have a few non guarantees who they could waive. Like they have um uh Archie yeah. Archie Goodwin, Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. Joe Joe Harris, Kilpatrick, Quincy Acey, all those guys are non guarantees. Um so they yeah. could waive any of those guys <laughs> to make room. Um so yeah, that's that's actually certainly a possibility and then you could be looking at a lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, probably start Damari Carroll, maybe. Uh, Trevor Trevor Booker at the four, and then I guess you would have Mozgov at the five. Um, so still not a very good team, but a lot better than what they were like the last couple of years. Got young pieces now because they'll have Caldwell Pope, they'll have Russell, they'll have Hollis Jefferson and Jared Allen, so they have a nice young core to go forward and try to develop. You and know? Yeah, and Levert, I like that kid. Like and Karis Levert, Levert yeah. yeah, he's he's played pretty good ball. Um, the only the only problem with him is the health concern. But I don't. They managed his minutes a lot last year, um, and <sighs> rested him rested him a lot throughout the season. So I think that's kind of been the plan going forward with him. So I mean, if yeah. they kind of keep that up, you know, the, my guess is like you know he won't he won't have to worry too much about. Um, you know, back to backs and things of that nature. So hopefully that'll that'll make it so he can stay healthy. True. But um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. They got some good young pieces um, that they can certainly work with. And like the other kind of cool thing about what they have the ability to do is, you know, with some of these expiring contracts, you know, you got AC for 1.7. 1.5 on Dinwiddie, Harris, and Kilpatrick, and then 1.3 on Goodwin. Um, like with all of those pieces, like you can also take on another bad contract and trade away pieces that you know uh, that the other team can just waive and right. get you get you some more assets. So like sure. I like I like what they're doing in Brooklyn. I think I. I, yeah. I they got me jealous over this Damari Carroll trade, man. I'm like, come on, Hawks. <laughs> what the F, man? Yeah, exactly. Like, do something, guys. That's the, see, that's the craziest thing to me, man. Is like, usually, like, you you kind of have an idea of what your team's like, like what your team's gonna do, and because right. there's just been all this changeover with the Hawks, like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Like no, like I mean, 
I think the majority of us assume that we're rebuilding, right? Um, which right. Is, you know, you know, which I have been totally totally sold on for like over a year now. Um, but like, if we're rebuilding, you would have to think that we would have been in the conversations for that trade. And if we weren't going to take that trade, like, what, you know, what what are what else are we looking at getting? You know, so. I don't know. I've kind of been browsing around at all the teams that have way too much payroll, looking at like what we could possibly help them out with and get some draft picks. With. But yeah. there's nothing that's as good as Carroll. Like as far as he's only two years versus all those teams have those three-year guys that signed last year, um, and most of them are, are more guard, shooting guard type players, and we don't need that. Right. So. But no, no. Who knows? That's uh, that's the, that's the joy of it, though. So over like the next couple weeks, when everything gets ironed out, and we get to uh, we get to do our, our breakdown of of each individual team, uh, you know yep. that'll be that that's what's going to be really fun. Um, that is. So I can't uh, wait. Yeah, man. Me too. Like we'll we'll see how we're gonna. Um, we'll probably. I don't know. We might have to split that into two different shows if we get get super intricate yeah. like we did with the draft. Um, but yeah, thanks uh, everybody for joining us. Uh, it was a fun show, man. Uh, as yep. always, Joel. Yep. Yeah, as, as always. always, man. Thanks for being here. It's fucking fun. I love talking basketball. Love talking basketball with you. My um, yep. My and uh, yo, uh, I'm just gonna give a, a quick shout out to Juwan. Just never showed up. <laughs> oh yeah, Juwan, you bum. No, but... <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, at least he set up. At least he set up the show. Like that's that's, that's cool. True. I, I wasn't get my home yet. I should have set that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that weird bull. Whatever he did. Thank you, Jawan, for not showing, but also setting up the show. So he canceled it out. He got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you know you, you at least canceled out the wrong with the right. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was fun, man. And, uh, full court pressers. I think that's what I'm going to yeah. start calling our listeners. Full court pressers. Press. What do you think about full that? Full court pressers? Uh, that's not yeah. bad. Full court pressers. Yeah. That's, well, well until, maybe until we come up with something better, you know? The um, pressers. Yeah. The, did you say what? The pressers? Yeah. The pressers. <laughs> that that kind of sounds like. It's, it's that just saying it like that sounds too close to oppressors, and then it sounds like not <laughs> not such a good thing. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a work in progress, listeners. Um, if you have any suggestions, send them to us. You can get us on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Full Court Press, um, and you can get all your uh, up to date information on there as well. Whether it be trades, whether it be uh, uh, signings, or anything else. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening, and we will see yep. you next week. Oh, by the way, I think mm-hmm. we're going to be moving, as far as I can tell, permanently to Monday, starting next week. Obviously, tonight's Monday, but we've done a lot of Sunday shows, because um, yep. Game of Thrones is back Yeah, next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Monday Only it Monday is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, All right, Joel. Thanks again, brother. Right. And uh right, we'll dude. uh we'll see y'all again next week. No doubt.
next week. Indeed. All right, everybody. Peace. Take it easy. Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.